If you're visiting here, my name is Rich. I'm the lead pastor of New Life Fellowship Church. It is so good to see you all this morning. If you need a Bible, raise your hand. If you have one, go with me to the book of Psalms, chapter 1. The book of Psalms, chapter 1. As Brenda mentioned on the video, um, we have a class on Christian foundations that I'll be leading as well with Joe Terry. Joe leads our Alpha course. And, uh, and so if you're a new Christian or if you've been a Christian for many years, we're going to be looking at uh, Christian theology and just diving deeper uh, in some of the uh, beautiful truths of Christian formation. And so um, you can sign up downstairs or on our website. Now, everyone should have a handout, a bulletin, a handout. So if you don't have one, it should, uh, you should have received a bulletin on your way. And you're going to need that for the end of our time today. And so um, I'll, I'll tell you when to pull that out. But we're in a series looking at vital signs, a pathway to a deep, uh, beneath-the-surface transformation. And last week we talked about Scripture. Today we're going to talk a little bit more about that. We're going to look at about seven or eight different vital signs, solitude, stillness, silence, uh, a Sabbath, um, serving others, spiritual companions, small groups, all that there. But today we're going to look at uh, Scripture again. So Psalm 1, let's invite God to speak to us at this moment. Uh, before we enter into this passage, would you pray with me? Lord, thank you for the ways that uh, you speak to us, the ways that you reassure us of your presence. Lord, I pray that as I look at this passage of Scripture today, that you would speak to us with great uh, clarity, with great power. May we walk out of this place having encountered the risen Jesus through the pages of Scripture and the power of the Holy Spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name when everyone said, amen. Over the next few months, as I mentioned, we'll be looking at uh, different themes, uh, as Pete mentioned, different ritual practices of spiritual formation. And last week, I talked about the gift of Scripture and how do we grow in our relationship with God through Scripture. And, and so before we move on to another vital sign, I thought we're not done yet with the role that Scripture should take in our lives. And so today we're going to talk about meditation, meditation, specifically meditating on Scripture. And when we think about meditation, there are many images that come to mind about meditation. And so for many of us, because we've never really understood meditation, we think, oh, meditation is for super spiritual people. Meditation is for people that have their act together with God, like they go to church all the time, they read the Bible. That's who meditation is for. But I want to let you know, no matter who you are, you can meditate. And besides uh, you being able to meditate, I would say no matter who you are, you need to meditate. And I believe that if we are not meditating, we are not experiencing the kind of depth that God has for us. Or said in this way, the degree to which we meditate on Scripture is the degree to which we are growing in our relationship with God. The degree to which we meditate on Scripture is the degree to which we grow in our relationship with God. This is what Psalm chapter 1 teaches us. Psalm chapter 1, beginning in verse number 1, hear the word of the Lord. It says, blessed is the one who does not walk in, the ste in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. 
For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. If you read any of the Psalms, you notice right away the difference between Psalm chapter 1 and most of the other 149 Psalms because Psalm chapter 1 is not a prayer. It's more of a beatitude. It is a blessing. It's a statement about human existence. And so Psalm 1 is basically, when, when the writers of, 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 who edited the book of Psalms started, they, they intentionally started with Psalm 1 being Psalm 1. Because Psalm 1 really is the gateway to really understand the rest of the Psalms. It is the gateway to communion with God. It is the gateway to deep prayer. It's a gateway to, to, to a deep uh, beneath the surface transformed life. And so the psalmist begins by making a staggering statement from the onset. The psalmist says that the primary thing that distinguishes the righteous from the unrighteous is meditation. What distinguishes the righteous from the wicked is meditation because the righteous are those that are directed by God's revelation and instruction. The unrighteous have no room for God's instruction in their lives. And so from the very beginning in the book of Psalms, we see the pathway to a godly life, the pathway to a deep walk with God, and the gateway to this kind of life is meditation. And so if we're going to be the people that God desires us to be, meditation plays a dominant and prominent role in that process. So the question is, what is meditation? Before I give you a very simple definition, I want to let you know that whether you know it or not, you have already meditated. Whether you know it or not, you already have experience in meditation. If you've ever received a love letter, assuredly, you have meditated. In 2003, after uh, our first date, Rosie and I had a date, and I, you know, I, 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 I took her to the movies, took her to Burger King. Afterwards, it was great. No, I didn't, didn't take her to Burger King. Um, and we had a great time together. And, and, and the next morning, I, I get a text message from her. And it was, this is a couple of lines. It was just like, hey, you had a good time. She said a couple of nice things there. And when I got the text message, I said, oh, that's a nice text message. And I read it. I didn't just read it one time and go, oh, thanks. And I put it in my pocket. No, no. Because I was like, I really liked her. I read it again. Oh, she said that. <laughs> and then again, oh, she, she used that word. Oh, that's a nice word she used there. And then the next 10 minutes, I can, did she really say that word? Wow. This is fantastic. What was I doing? I was meditating. I was meditating. If you ever received an encouraging email, a card from someone, someone that you really respect, that really took the time to carefully choose their words that were really deeply meaningful, you just don't read it one time. You read it over and over again because you're, you're, you're just, you're resting and you're, you're just like, you're, you're, you're in that text. You're in those words. We've all meditated before. And not only have we meditated on positive things, we also have meditated on negative things. If you've ever received a critical word from someone, a critical email from someone, harsh words, a critique, something that hurt your feelings, what do we do in our mind? We think about those words over and over. We replay those words over and over again. And so whether it was for positive things or whether it is for negative things, at some point in our lives, all of us have meditated. But my favorite example of meditation comes from dogs. My favorite example of meditation <laughs> comes from dogs. Dogs have a lot to teach us about meditation. 
Dogs have a lot to teach us about meditation. Maybe not in this way, but in another way that I will share here. Uh, Eugene Peterson, who is a uh, pastor and author, explained uh, this concept of meditation so well. He says that anyone who has a dog, who has seen a dog with a bone, can understand meditation. And he tells a story of his little dog who loved large bones. And if you own a dog, you, you basically know how the story goes, that the dog will see the big bone, put it in his mouth, begin to prance, begin to dance while wagging his tail. And after a moment or so, the dog would then drag the bone off to a private room, a private area in the apartment, a private area in, in the house. And at that moment, the dog begins to go to work. He gnaws on it. He turns it over. He licks it. He growls. He dances. He prances. His tail is wagging. He's chewing. And at that moment, you know, you better not get close to this dog. This dog will bite your hand off if you try to take the bone out, for, out of his mouth. And so at that moment, with a dog who loves bones, you never see a dog happier than when he is gnawing and growling and chewing that bone. Now, Eugene Peterson, this pastor author, said, one day he was reading the book of Isaiah, and he came across this passage in Isaiah 31, which says, as a lion growls over his prey. And when he read that line there, he thought about his little dog with the bone, and the word growl caught his attention. And he said, what my little dog does over that bone, this is what the lion does over his prey. But what he discovered next was the real revelation of this passage. Because Eugene Peterson noticed that the word translated in that text there, growls, is the same word of meditate that we see in Psalm 1. The same word to growl is the same word meditate. So what a dog do does with his bone and what a lion does over his prey, we are to be doing with Scripture. And so here's my very simple definition of meditation for us. Meditation is slowly chewing on God's word until it penetrates your heart. Slowly chewing on God's word until it penetrates your heart. Now, there's a difference between Eastern kind of meditation. Eastern meditation is more about emptying your mind. Christian meditation is about slowly filling it with the truth of God's word. And we desperately need this kind of meditation because we, the way we typically approach Scripture doesn't take us deep enough. We're actually in a non-meditative culture. Actually, most churches tend to be non-meditative. We have short attention spans. We live what some people call with a, a continuous state of partial inattention. Author Stephen Levy, uh, he, he said it this way, and I think he captures the, the inattention uh, and distractedness that we have in our culture. He says, we now live in a never-ending cocktail party where you're always looking over your virtual shoulder for a better conversation partner. Always, whether it's online, you're always looking for something better to, 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 rest, to, to have your attention. And this is our lives. We're always distracted in a continuous state of partial Inattention. And so the psalmist writes this because I believe it's easy for us 
to read scripture in a non-meditative way. And instead of reading it with this kind of growling, this kind of chewing, this kind of slowly processing scripture, we tend to read scripture in three ways that just doesn't get the job done. We either skim, we speed read, or we scroll. This is the way that our culture reads. We skim, you read a book, you look at the dust cover of the book and ah, I understand it and that's about it there. We speed read, and really the, the goal of speed reading is as, as much information as I possibly can in a short amount of time. Or we scroll in your mobile devices. You're always just scrolling, trying to find something. And this is how we tend to approach reading. This is how we tend to approach scripture. Skimming, speeding, and scrolling. And the truth about our lives, because this is what so infuses the way that we approach scripture, it's so easy for us to be so impatient with God. And so most of the time, we don't give God enough time to speak to us through Scripture. We say, God, I'm giving you three minutes. I got to jump on the express train. If you, if you don't speak in three minutes, I, you know, you're going to have to talk to me some other time. Th this, is, this is how we approach God. This is how we approach Scripture. And so the psalmist says, he basically says, those who meditate on the law day and night, that there is an ongoing rhythm to our lives, a slowly chewing on God's word day and night. This is what is to uh, fuel our lives. And so we are to meditate. And what we see in Psalm 1 are incredible promises that God says, if you slowly chew on my word, allowing my word to penetrate your heart, here are some things that I promise is going to take place. And so I want you to listen to these promises because these promises are staggering. And if we just simply take scripture out on a regular basis, slowly allowing those words to penetrate our heart, he gives us a set of promises out of this text that are absolutely staggering. The first promise is more of a general promise uh, that, that, that we have when we meditate, and it is the promise, really, of God's presence. The promise of God's. In meditation, God makes his presence known to us. I love what Richard Rohr says about the presence of God. He says these words. He says, we cannot attain the presence of God. We are already totally in the presence of God. What's absent is awareness. God is already here. When you walk down Queens Boulevard, God is there. When you go to your job, I know you say, no, the devil works there. No, 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 no. God is there as well. What's missing is not that God is not there. What's missing is awareness. And so meditation becomes the gateway to an awareness of the presence of God. Really, that's the general promise of the psalm. You want to you experience God's presence? He says, meditate. Slowly allow those words to penetrate your heart, and you will experience God's presence. But beyond that, listen to what the psalmist says. He says, if we meditate, that we, we will experience blessing. Blessing. We will be blessed. It begins by saying, blessed is the person who meditates on the law day and night. Now, when we think about the word blessing, 
there are many uh, images that come to mind. What does it mean to be blessed? And we tend to have a black and white perspective of blessing. If I got the job, I'm blessed. If I didn't get the job, I'm not blessed. If I, if I, if I, if I am able to uh, date this girl, I'm blessed. I'm able not to, I'm not blessed. And so we have very black and white understandings of blessing. But the word blessing there, many theologians and commentators have tried to figure out what really is that word. And th the best that they we can do in our English language is the word happy. Happy, oh, how very, 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 very happy is the person who meditates on God's word both day and night. You say, I want more happiness. He gives you right in. You want happiness? You want blessing? Allow God's word to slowly permeate and penetrate your heart. Another person said it this way. The word blessing there is absolute fulfillment in every dimension of your being absolute fulfillment in every dimension of your being. And so the very simple act of meditating on scripture, and I'm gonna teach us how to do it in a moment, meditating on scripture, God says, you will be blessed in the process. Absolute fulfillment in every dimension of your being. The third promise in this passage is the promise of stability. The promise of stability. And look at verse three. That person who meditates is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. I love that. Here's the promise. If we meditate on God's word, you will experience great stability in your life. Let me ask you, is stability a word that characterizes your life? Like you're just stable. You're just, you're anchored. You're rooted. Or... Instead of like this tree being the image, are you more like tumbleweed? Like you just, you're so easily, a little bit of traffic, y'all, Lord, what's going on here? And all of a sudden, whatever route you had, is, it's uplifted. A little minor setback here, you're just blown with the wind there, back and forth the other way. The promise is, if you anchor your life in the words of God and the word of God, there is a stability that is available to you. He says, so much so, this, here's, here's what the stability looks like. You're like a tree planted by streams of water. That is, regardless of the climate, regardless of the weather, regardless of the storms that come your way, there is a rootedness to your life, an anchor to your life. This is what meditation does for you. It gives you deep roots. So that when setbacks and trials and storms come our way, you remain a stable, rooted presence. And many of us know people that they, they go through a little bit of setback and they're, they're, they're uprooted. And then you've met people that they've gone through horrific setbacks and somehow they remain rooted. They've allowed the word of God and scripture to so penetrate and permeate their hearts that it roots them. And so all of us in this room, God wants to root you deeply so that whether sickness visits your body, you are rooted in God, 
rooted in his grace, rooted in his love, rooted in his power. Whether you lose your job, you realize this is not the end of the world. You are rooted in God. You are rooted in his grace. You are rooted in his power. Whether you are in a confusing place in your life, that you are rooted in God. You are rooted in his grace. You are rooted in his power. We are to be like a tree planted by rivers of water there. And then the promise, if you, don't, if you think that was enough, God says, okay, I promise you my presence. And I promise you blessing. And I promise you stability. You would think, God, that's enough. Thank you. He said, no, I'm going to give you something else. He said, I, I will give you prosperity as well. I will pro- you will prosper. Everything you do, it would prosper. And we hear that word, we go, oh, wait a minute. That, some of us get really nervous when we hear that word, prosperity. We think, oh, God, Rich is going crazy now. What is he talking about? Or some of us, we, we, hear, we, we have a very limited word, that word, prosperity there. The word, God says, you will experience abundance. There's an abundance to your life. That when you meditate, chewing slowly on Scripture, a fullness that word, there's also an effectiveness to your life. That when, when, when you allow the words of God to get in you, he says, whatever you do, it will prosper. Now, this all seems too good to be true. Like, Lord, I'm going to take 15 minutes out of my day to slowly chew on Scripture. And by doing this day in and day out, you promise me all of these things? Absolutely. This is the promise of Scripture. This is the invitation that God has for us who are deep beneath the surface, transformed life. is almost too good to be true. And the reason why this is so is meditation allows God's truth to penetrate our hearts, and God's word has great power. Great power. Great power to do great things in us and great things through us. And so these are the promises of meditation. The question now is, How do we do it? How do we meditate in a way that allows the truth of God to deeply penetrate and permeate our lives? And so for the rest of our time, I want to give you a very simple practice that the church for centuries has been practicing. It's the practice called Lectio Divina. Lectio Divina. Some pronounce it Lectio Divina. And that word very simply means sacred reading or holy reading. How do we allow God's word, how do we chew on it in this way where it produces the kind of life that God wants for us? By a slow reading of the Bible, and this is going to be really helpful. So in your bulletin there, there's an insert there. Just take it out. There's some blank lines there. I'm going to walk you through it, and then we're going to practice together. And then you'll notice on the bottom of that insert there that there are a list of passages some, that we can practice this week. Those are, listen, custom-made passages for you, all right, guys? Customized passages for you this week in, uh, for a deep, beneath-the-surface, transformed life. And so, uh, Lectio Divina, there are four very simple movements of this, very, four very simple movements to allow Scripture to deeply penetrate our hearts. The first movement is very simply the word lectio, which means reading. But it's not just a, it's not a scrolling, skimming, speeding reading. It is an attentive, listening reading. You're, you're reading in the presence of God. You're reading as a means of encounter. 
And so uh, what we're going to do in a moment, we're, we're going to read a passage together. And we're just going to read, not just to get anything, just, you're, you're just hearing the words of God and the word of God spoken to you. That's the first movement of Lectio. The second movement of Lectio Divina is meditatio, and it just sounds nice that I'm saying it all in Latin here, um, and, and meditating. And that word meditating is this. As you read a, a verse, there is a word, there is a phrase that you know God is speaking directly to you now through that word or through that phrase. Now is the opportunity for you to chew on that word over and to ponder it to reflect on it, to ask God, the Lord, what are you saying to me? You're meditating. You're allowing that word to move just to, from here deep down in here. And so we're going to look at a passage, and whenever you see a word that resonates or a phrase that resonates, you might want to highlight it or circle it or put underline it. That is God's word for you today. We're going to meditate on it. And then the third movement of it is oratio, oratio, which is praying, where God has now spoken to us, now is our turn to speak to God, our turn to, to, to say things to God as a response to God saying things to us. And so in a moment, I'll, I'll give us a moment to just to pray, whether you write down your prayer or whether you silently offer that prayer to God, it is oratio. And then it ends with this word contemplatio or compl- con- contemplating or resting. That is to say that at that moment, you're, you're just, you've read the word of God. The word of God has read you. You have encountered God. You're, you've offered some words to God. Now this is a time to rest in his love, just to be with him, to enjoy his presence, to just be with him and uh, thanking him for his love. Four simple movements. And so I want to take us through it, and there's a passage in Matthew 11. So we're going to practice, so this gives us an idea um, for how to do this this week. I don't recommend you do it on the four train, okay? Um, I recommend you do it like when you have some time of just centeredness and stillness. And so uh, the, method, the Matthew chapter 11, it's the message translation. I'm just going to read the, the, uh, the first two sentences there, the first two sentences. The first time around, I'm just going to read it. And I just want you to just say, Read it with me. Uh, don't read it aloud. Just look at the words there. Just hear the word of God spoken over you. So the first movement is Lectio, and hear the word of the Lord. Jesus says to us, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. I'm going to read it one more time. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. So that's the first movement there, powerful words there. The second now is meditatio. Now, I'm going to read it a third time. And as I read it this third time, maybe there's a word that really just hits you. Like, oh, that's what I needed to hear today. Or phrase. Maybe you want to just circle it, underline it there. And at that moment, I'm going to give us a minute just to chew on that. 
to reflect on it, to ponder it. What might God be saying to you through that word or through that phrase? Let's read it again. You might want to highlight or circle something as I read it. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. So let's take a minute. Whatever word or phrase is resonating inside of you, just ponder that for the next minute or so, and then I'll lead us into the next stage here. I want to move to the third phase of it here. Now, I trust that in some way, maybe um, very profoundly, or maybe not so much God has been speaking to you through just those two lines that I read. Now is an opportunity for us to, to pray back something to God. God has spoken to you. Now, what do you want to say to God? What words? Maybe you want to write down a prayer. Maybe you just want to silently offer words to God. I want to give us another minute. Out of what God has said to you, what do you want to say to God? Maybe you want to just close your eyes and just offer those words, and then I'll take us into the last phase of it. Now for the fourth phase, if you will, of Lectio Divina, it's really about resting, resting in his love. I want to invite you to uh, sit upright, as much upright as you can, with your feet planted to the ground. I want to invite you to take a deep breath in and out. Take one more deep breath in and out. That very breath is a gift of God to you. And this is the opportunity 
God has spoken to you. You have spoken to God. And now there's no more words to be said. You are resting in his presence, enjoying his presence. And when your mind wanders, just come back to God. Jesus, you might want to say. Let's take about a minute. Maybe you want to open your hands as a, as a sign of receiving God, a communion with God. And for a minute, just rest in his love. Amen. I want to invite the worship team to come forward to my left. Listen to this. Could you imagine your life that if you made space on a regular basis to do what we just did? Will you experience transformation in one day? Probably not. But if you make this a rhythm of your life, you will look like that tree planted by streams of water. God says blessing will come your way. Stability will come your way. Your, your pres- my presence, God says, will be known to you. What an amazing promise we have by the simple act of meditating on God's word. And here's the beautiful part about it, the gospel, before we sing together as a response. Here's the beautiful part of grace and the beautiful thing about the gospel. When we meditate, our meditation is not done so that we can get God's attention. Our meditation is a response to God already meditating on you. God's always thinking about you. You're always on God's mind. You might say, oh, God's forgotten about you. No, he has not forgotten about you. The ups and downs of life, God, God has been meditating on you with his love. Our meditation is always a response to God's meditating on us. What is humanity that you are mindful of him? God is always meditating on us. Let's all stand together. We're going to sing a song of just response. And as you hear these words, may these words articulate the deep thirst that you have for God, for his presence. May he give you every uh, gift of strength and empowerment to live this kind of life, that we would be a stable presence in our world, like a tree planted by streams of water. Lord, thank you for the gift of scripture. Thank you for the gift of your presence. 
We sing to you now words of gratitude and of worship and of longing. Pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, let's all sing together. And I want to invite the prayer team to come to my right. We have the Lord's table uh, to my left, where we come and we take the bread, dip it in the cup as a reminder of God's presence in our lives. That God remains the stable one. He remains the ever-present one who offers us stability. So you can come up the center aisle. You can receive that there. And to my right, we have our prayer team. Maybe, maybe this week, you felt at one point of the week centered, rooted, and then something just threw you off. A setback, some bad news, and all of a sudden, you're not like that tree anymore. You're like the tumbleweed just floating through the air there. And maybe you just need someone to pray with you and pray for you, that God would root you in his love root you in his grace, root you in his power. You can come up then to receive prayer uh, for whatever need that you have, that God would meet you. And my prayer is that this week for about 15 minutes a day or so, that whatever I led you in today, that you would experiment with it, that create space for the living God to meet you, speak to you, heal you, set you free. So what an invitation we have out of Psalm 1 to live this kind of life. And so as we close, I want to invite you to open your hands uh, to heaven to receive a blessing. If you're new here, we close every gathering like this. This is a posture of receiving. We cannot give what we have not received. So this is us positioning our hearts and our hands for blessing. And so with your hands and your hearts in a posture of receiving, brothers and sisters and sons and daughters of the living God, may the Lord bless you and may he keep you. May he shine his face upon you. May he fill you with his peace. May you walk out of this building in the power of the Holy Spirit with a greater awareness and attentiveness of God's presence. May you meet God in scripture in profound ways. May he heal you, speak to you. May he set you free. And may you be an extension of the grace of God, of the freedom of God, of the power of God to the world around me. So I bless you all in the strong, in the beautiful, in the resurrected name of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and the people of God said, amen. Grace and peace, everybody.